introduction. Welcome to Episode Epiphanies, a podcast where two friends with very different tastes in TV shows make each other watch the pilot episodes of each other's favorite shows in the hopes that the other person will have an epiphany and start to like something that they normally wouldn't. My name is Jessica, and I pretty much only watch live-action dramas. My name is Natasha, and I pretty much only watch cartoon shows. And this week, we are watching Boy Meets World, which is a little after-school special (laughs) from 1993 Mm -hmm. that ran for seven seasons. And it's really cute, and it's really (laughs) nostalgic for me, and I've seen it a hundred times. Wow. So, Natasha, what did you know about the show before you watched it? Um, I knew a little bit. I mean, I knew it existed, because I feel like it's a pretty well-known show. Mm-hmm. My brother did watch, I think, the whole thing, like, years ago, like, when I was in high school. And I watched, like, little bits of it with him. Like, if it was on and he was watching it, I, like, watched bits. But, like, I didn't watch that much, so I just caught little bits and pieces. And I think that the seasons he was watching when I, like, watched some of it with him were, like, the much later seasons, because I was, like, when this episode started and Corey was, like, a little tiny child, I was, like... <laughs> I definitely saw seasons where he was, like, an older teen. Like, he looked so young compared to, like, my mental image of him from when I watched some of it. So I definitely saw, like, later seasons. It's also, it's really funny going from season two to season three because he has a massive growth spurt. Like, he grows, like, two full feet between <laughs> season two and season three. It's ridiculous. So what happens when you hire actual children and teens to play your characters? They grow up. <laughs> right. um, I also know that one of the main characters is named Topanga, but she mm. wasn't in those pilots, and so I'm curious when she shows up. But I, I know Topanga exists because every time I heard her name when Cam was watching it, I was like, that is such an unusual name. <laughs> Where yeah. did the name Topanga come from? Topanga, I think, shows up early season one, like episode eight or so. Like, she's mm. in it. But she's not a regular in season one. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I think that later seasons, from what I know, like, she's, like, a regular. She's in, like, every episode. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I just knew it was a 90s after-school special kind of show and that it existed. (laughs) I I think it was also, like, around the same era as, like, Saved by the Bell, which I also saw a little bit of with my brother. I feel like they're associated in my mind. I never saw Saved by the Bell. It does make sense to me that you watched it like very sporadically because it's not a show that's designed for you to catch every single episode. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you definitely can. And I feel like there are to an extent overarching plot lines, but there's nothing that if you like jumped in in a random episode, even going from like the pilot to like season five, that you wouldn't pick up mm-hmm. like very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then. I think this is also the show where the little sister just, like, Mm. disappears for a few seasons because they don't want to deal with a a growing child. And then, like, she comes back and she's, like, way older or something like that. Is it this show? She comes back and she's a different actress. Mm. Who I am not entirely sure if they're, like, Morgan is way older or if it's, like, this actress looks significantly older because Mm. Morgan here is maybe three or four yeah not very old. i think probably like four probably not i think three is maybe a little young but yeah but little yeah i guess morgan does probably skip a few years to get <laughs> older because if she's four here she would be 11 at the end which she definitely has an episode about going on her first date somewhere which i feel like she'd have to be at least 12 you would hope. In my, in my mind. I feel like Eleven's a little young to go on your first date. Yeah, like it's a kid date, but still. No, the thing that's really funny is they have a fourth kid in season six. Oh. And he's born in season six. He's a baby mm-hmm. in season six. Mm-hmm. And in the finale, he's like three years old. <laughs> and the finale is season seven? Yeah. So he's <laughs> just three years in like a year. Yeah, it's really funny listening to the commentary tracks for these episodes, 
because the DVDs were released, like, so long after the show came out mm-hmm. that the commentary was done, like, fairly recently. <laughs> and some of their commentary, they're just, like, laughing at mistakes and stuff. And the actors are doing it with the, like, producer and the director. And the producer and the director are like, no, shut up. We're not talking about that. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. It's very fun. Okay. Okay. Do you want to jump into the pilot episode? Sure. I will. It was a pretty trim 22 minutes. It's great. So yeah, like Jesse said, it's from 1993. It starts immediately extremely 90s vibe. <laughs> the clothes they're wearing, the way they talk, the way it's shot. Just absolute peak 90s. So it starts at a school... And the first scene is this kid, Corey, at a vending machine. And I wrote, Corey's so tiny. Because like I said, I I think I watched like later season episodes. He's like just a little kid. Apparently he's in grade six. So I think that's like 12-ish, 12 or 13-ish. He says exactly how old he is in this episode. He's 11. Oh, you're right. Okay. He says that later. He's 11. I forgot about that. But yes. So he's 11. He's in grade six. He's at a vending machine. He's talking to his teacher. At first I thought it was the principal because he looked so, like, (laughs) put together and suited up. But I guess he's just a fancy teacher named Mr. Feeney. And immediately you can tell that, like, Corey and Mr. Feeney have that, like, the class clown troublemaker kid and the teacher who are always kind of, like, butting heads but, like, kind of have an affection for each other. So I think Mr. Feeney's saying, like, why are you eating a candy bar for breakfast? And Corey's like, oh, I gotta get the taste of my mom's shredded weed out of my mouth or whatever. And they're making fun (laughs) of each other. And also there's a laugh track, which I noted here being like, oh, laugh track, so 90s. But then, like, it totally faded into the background. Like, it worked. It's definitely a show where, like, the laugh track just, like, fits in seamlessly. Because I didn't even, like, notice it after this. (laughs) So. Yeah. They used it well. It suited the show. So yeah, Corey's in sixth grade. He's hanging out in the cafeteria with two friends. I don't think they ever said either of the friends' names. One of them I definitely recognize, and I think he's a character who, like, stays in the show throughout. The other kid I did not recognize at all, so I'm guessing he's one of those characters only in, like, the pilot or the first season, and then you never see him again. Yeah, so the one that you recognize is Sean. Sean is Corey's Mm -hmm. main best friend. He's in the whole show. Mm -hmm. The other kid, I genuinely don't know if he has a name. (laughs) Boy's World does a thing, I think we talked about it not on the podcast, where in the first mm-hmm. season they really wanted Corey to have two best friends, mm-hmm. but, like, they couldn't hold on to a second actor, <laughs> so they keep switching out this, like, random kid who sits at their lunch table until, I think, like, I don't even know if it lasts the whole season that they keep putting kids there. Eventually, they're just like, no, it's just Sean, move on. It might actually be around the time that they start to bring Topanga more into it. Because even though Topanga's the love interest, she kind of is Corey's second best friend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think they said Sean's name at all in this episode. Or the other kid's name. It was just sort of like, Corey's two friends. But I did recognize Sean, so that makes sense. And so the two friends and Corey are talking, and one of the friends, we're going to call them Sean and not Sean, <laughs> not Sean, is like, how how late did you stay up last night? And then they all start saying words that at first I was like, am I having a stroke? What are they saying? And then I think I figured out from context clues that what they were doing was listing late night TV shows and kind of comparing like... I stayed up late enough to watch these shows. Well, I stayed late up late enough to watch these shows. But, like, I did not recognize a single one of the show names they were saying, and they were just going in a circle saying random words. And I was like, what is happening? Okay, so it's not show names. It's, like, the part of a single late-night show. Because a single late-night show starts with the monologue, right? And that's the mm-hmm. first thing they say is monologue. And then, like, it usually has a sketch. It usually has whatever. And then when they end, that guy's saying, like, I got to sit through the first guest. And they're like, oh, that's really late. Which it actually is, because 
Even watching time-shifted channels in Alberta, the first guest on a late-night show comes on at, like, 10 p.m. So if you're not watching time-shifted channels, that's, like, 11. Can you tell that I've never watched a late-night TV show and I had no idea what you're talking about? Literally, while they were doing that, I was like, Natasha's not going to get this. Yeah, I, like, I got the gist of it what the scene was doing there. I didn't realize it was parts mm-hmm. of a late night show. I thought it was like names or types of late night shows. Yeah. I, I got, but I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> but yeah, fair. so they did that bit, which I guess if you did watch late night shows, you would get, and you'd be like, that's a good bit, but I didn't get it. <laughs> then we get the intro. It is so nineties. It is so like CGI, like mm-hmm. bad nineties. Like, ooh, we just figured out how to use computers to make animation stuff. <laughs> it's so bad, but like in a very endearing way. Yeah. Also, this is when I realized that the older brother, mm-hmm. Corey has an older brother. The older brother is played by Will Friedle, who he's like been on Critical Role a bunch, and he's like a friend of Critical Role and stuff. So I was like, oh, it's my Critical Role guy, Will Friedle. I thought you were going to tell me he's the voice of Ron Stoppable, which is also true. I didn't know that, but that's great. <laughs> oh, no, it just stood out to me because I was like, oh, he's a critical role guy. So that's the intro. And then we cut to Corey in class. And in class, they're studying Romeo and Juliet. And we have not Sean and some girl from their class who are like, acting out the scene of Romeo and Juliet's double suicide. And that's happening at the front of the class while um, Corey has his little like Walkman radio thing and he's listening to a baseball game on the radio and he's like whispering to Sean and telling him like what's happening in the baseball game. But then Mr. Feeney sees them and he comes and he takes Corey's Walkman and he says, no listening to baseball in class. We're studying the beauty and romance of Romeo and Juliet and it's all about (laughs) the human condition. And he goes on this whole speech about how, like, Corey needs to appreciate the meaning of life through Romeo and Juliet, blah, blah, blah. And (laughs) Corey just stares at him and is like, are you aware that I'm only 11 years old? (laughs) That really got me. (laughs) Okay, to be fair, Romeo and Juliet, a little old for 11 year old. You know, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we didn't start studying Shakespeare till like high school or like, or like maybe like middle school, but not, I don't think grade six we were doing Shakespeare. They also do Hamlet at some point in the first season. They study Hamlet. I'm like, what's happening? I feel like. You would not understand. You would not get it if you're 11. Plus, not only would you not get, like, the words and stuff, but again, like, he's, like, all the themes of life. It's like, Mr. Feeney, I think your problem is you want to be teaching, like, 10th graders and you're teaching 6th graders, and that's why you're having issues. The funniest thing about this show is that they all age and Mr. Feeney just, like, follows. (laughs) He just continues to be a teacher at this school. He's like, I want to move up a grade with these kids who I keep complaining about, but secretly I love them. I think he's the principal in their high school. Oh, he just changed. He just becomes their principal. I think so. And they go to, like, one of those, like, middle school, high school crosses. Like, once they leave elementary school, they're in the same school until they go to university. Mm-hmm. They gotta have Mr. Feeney with them. <laughs> and then he teaches at the university. He does? Yeah. That's actually hilarious. That's amazing. That's such a power move to be like, we have one teacher character who's important, and we are, <laughs> instead of, as they get older, going to introduce new teachers, he will just move with the students. There is one other important teacher who might not last more than a season or two. <laughs> but not Mr. Feeney. He has to stay. I did recognize the name Mr. Feeney from the few episodes I'd watched, because apparently he's there forever. <laughs> <laughs> So then that's, oh, and then Mr. Feeney gives Corey detention for being a little shit and talking back and listening to baseball in class and whatever. Then Corey goes home and he goes into his bedroom that he shares with his older brother, Eric. And Eric is all, and this is Wilfred L. Um, Eric is all <laughs> excited that he has a date with this girl named Heather, who's like the hottest girl in his class. And I think Eric said he says he's in grade 10. He's like, I'll be the most popular boy in 10th grade. So he's a little older. And he's excited about that. And then Corey is excited about 
that his favorite baseball team, the Phillies, I think, are going to be like they won their game. So the next game that he and Eric are going to on Friday is going to be the game that like determines if they go to the playoffs. So he's all excited about this baseball game. And then Eric breaks the news to Corey that he's not taking Corey to the baseball game. He's going to take his girlfriend on their date. And so Corey can't go with him. And Corey's very upset about this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, fair. Fair. He's excited about this game. He's excited to go with his brother. And now his brother's going with his girlfriend. And Corey's like, why do people care about romance? Why do people care about love? He shouldn't care about going on this date. Blah, blah, blah. And he's all upset. And then he goes downstairs to, like, tell his parents. And then his mom's like, you have detention. And Corey's like, how could you possibly know that? Which, like, phones exist. (laughs) Corey is baffled that his mom knows he has detention. And his mom's like, yeah, Mr. Feeney leaned over the fence as I was coming home and told me. And then we find out that he's Mr. Feeney's neighbor. So not only is he his teacher, but they also live next to each other. And Corey's all upset. He's like, it was actually very funny. He's like... As soon as his mom mentions Mr. Feeney, Corey's like, I want to move. And he, like, totally, like, gets off what he was talking about before. And he starts, like, walking towards the front door. He's like, we're moving. Dad, call the real estate agent. We're moving right now. He's great. Corey's actually pretty funny. So that happens. And then I guess he gives up on trying to move. And he's telling his parents, like, Eric isn't going to take me to the baseball game. He's going to take his girlfriend. And... Eric's parents, Corey's parents, are very excited for Eric. They're like, oh, I'm so happy that you have this date. Like, I know you wanted to go out with this girl and blah, blah, blah. And Corey's like, I can't believe you betrayed me. Like, you're on Eric's side. And they're like, well, (laughs) Eric bought those tickets with his own money. He can take whoever he wants. And also, when you're older, you'll understand that going on dates is important. (laughs) Which sucks for Corey, but I did kind of like that the parents were like, you go, Eric. Like, not like Eric had to, like... Because, you know, like, sometimes in shows, parents are like, my son isn't going on a date with a girl. They were like, hey, good for you, son. We're happy for you. Which is actually yeah. really cute. Even the idea that he, like, told his parents he was nervous about asking out this girl <laughs> and he was going to ask her out. Like, very cute. It was very cute. The mom, like, gives Eric a hug and she's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. And, like, I was like, that's actually really cute and wholesome <laughs> relationship that this kid has with his parents. So I appreciated that. And then Corey is the next day at school, and Corey's talking to Sean and not Sean again. <laughs> and he's telling them that he dumped his family. Like, he's like, I dumped my yep. family, they dumped me. It was mutual <laughs> because <laughs> they betrayed me by being on Eric's side. But then he's like, but it's okay. We'll just go to the baseball game early on Friday, and there'll be, like, people scalping tickets so we can get tickets and get in. Because all the tickets are sold out. And his friends are like, yeah, but don't you have detention on Friday? And he's like, don't worry about it. I'll talk to Mr. Feeney and get out of detention. And then he's like, don't worry, Mr. Feeney loves me. And they're like, I think he hates you. And Corey's like, it's one or the other. And he goes <laughs> over to Mr. Feeney. And he's like, can I sit down? And Mr. Feeney's like, no. And Corey's like, mm, yes, he hates me. <laughs> but he sits down anyways. Also, apparently at this school, the teachers have to eat in the cafeteria with the students. I don't know if this is a thing in uh, in schools. I feel like I thought teachers always had like a teacher room, like a teacher lounge where they eat. Yeah. But apparently at this school, they have to eat with the students. And yeah, I don't know. That he's Mr. Feeney's not happy about it. He's like, I have to be with you little shits for four hours in the morning and four hours in the afternoon. Because apparently we have a eight and a half hour school day, which I feel like is longer than school days. But yeah. I don't know. Anyways, Mr. Feeney doesn't want to talk to Corey. But... Corey tries to, like... I don't even remember exactly what Corey says in this scene. I think he's trying to get Mr. Feeney to not send him to detention. But before they can really talk, this other teacher, Evelyn, comes over. And Mr. Feeney's like, oh, Evelyn, come sit with me. So, like, ooh, Mr. Feeney likes this other teacher, Evelyn. And Mr. Feeney has to be kind of, like, cordial to Corey because he doesn't want to look bad in front of Evelyn, basically. <laughs> and then it's the that night and Corey is living in the treehouse behind his house because he broke up with his family. So he moved into the treehouse. <laughs> But his mom comes and, like, drops off some dinner for him. And it's actually really cute. His mom is really cute. She, like, comes up instead of being like, come back to your room, Corey. She's just like, here's your dinner. Hope you don't get scared in the treehouse alone at night. <laughs> she's very used to her overdramatic son. Yeah, she's cute. I actually liked his mom a lot. There's another scene later with his mom that I was like, she's great. 
But anyway, she drops off dinner and then Morgan, who is Corey's little sister, also comes and she's like, do you want my doll in case you get scared at night? And Corey's like, no, I don't want your stupid doll. And so Morgan leaves. <laughs> Then Corey's like looking out the window of his treehouse and it turns out from his treehouse he can see into Mr. Feeney's house. Not mm. creepy at all. And <laughs> he's like watching Mr. Feeney set his table for like a table for two. And then Mr. Feeney gets a phone call. We can't like hear anything, but we can see it from Corey's point of view. Mr. Feeney gets a phone call and then he hangs up and then he takes away one of the two plates and then he has dinner alone. So like whoever he was going to have dinner with canceled on him. And Corey's just kind of watching like, hmm... Hmm. <laughs> I'm observing. <laughs> and there's really sad music playing. Poor Mr. Feeney. All alone. Then we get a scene of Corey going back into his room the next morning to get, like, his underwear to get changed. And I noticed that they have a parking meter in their bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of random junk in that room. It's an insane thing to have. Where did it come from? What is the meaning? Is it a real parking meter? Did Eric steal a parking meter <laughs> to put in his bedroom? Is it a fake parking meter? That's even weirder. Why would you get a parking meter to put in your bedroom? <laughs> Just stood out to me. I was like, of all the decor for a teen boy, it's like whoever decorated this room was like, what do teen boys like? Parking meters. This is like the quintessential difference between old Disney and new Disney because new Disney decorating something is like, here are the brightest colors possible. We're going to put the brightest possible colors everywhere. And old Disney is like, what if we filled this room with a bunch of random junk? What if we made this bedroom look like a actual junkyard? <laughs> Wild. Yeah. It's like I, it's, I feel like it's supposed to have the same energy as like when like teens steal like street signs and put them mm -hmm. in their room, but it's the most bizarre take on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they have a parking meter in their room. It's not important. I just noticed it and it really stood out. So Corey's stealing his own underwear. He's like going like sneaking into his room because he doesn't want to them people to know that he's in his room. And then this is his mom is so cute. She comes into the room. She sees that Corey's there. She like jumps over a piece of furniture, grabs, like, a toy gun, and then puts it to Corey's back, and she's like, Sir, you're stealing my son's underwear. And, like, <laughs> it's such a playful, adorable thing to do. So she was, like, so excited to, like, fake put a gun to her son's back. <laughs> it was really cute. And then, so then he's like, It's just me, Mom. Who else would want my underwear? And she's like, Oh, you got me there. <laughs> and then they sit on Corey's bed and his mom does a little life lesson about how when Corey was younger, he used to always play ball with his dad. But then as Corey got older, he made friends and now he plays ball with his friends instead of with his dad. But it doesn't mean he doesn't love his dad anymore. Just like how Eric is moving on to doing things with his girlfriend instead of with Corey. But it doesn't mean he doesn't love Corey. So they have a little lesson. But his mom also makes a joke about that, like, they're renting out Corey's room to a new boy. Yeah. <laughs> Which was very funny. The mom is great. She was my favorite character in this. She was so funny. Every <laughs> scene she was in. In, like, a very wholesome way. Like, it wasn't like she was, like, yeah. making fun of him. She was just like, we're renting your room to a new boy. But I promise that he won't replace you in my heart. And then that's that scene. And then Corey... And then, then we get... It's Friday night and Corey's in detention. And uh, Mr. Feeney's, like, ignoring him. Corey's like, you gotta talk to me, I'm so bored. And Mr. Feeney is totally just, like, grading papers and not paying attention. And then Corey, like, stands up, and he's like, hello, I'm standing up. And Mr. Feeney ignores him, and he's like, I'm walking to the door. And Mr. Feeney ignores him. And he, like, stands out in the hallway, like, closes the door, and he's like, I'm out in the hall. And Mr. Feeney doesn't do anything. And I thought he was gonna, like, leave, because Mr. Yeah. Feeney was not stopping him from leaving. But instead he comes back, and I was like, just go to your baseball game. What are you doing? He's a good kid. He knows he's in detention. He's a good boy. So he won't leave detention, even though Mr. Feeney, like, absolutely didn't care that he was leaving. <laughs> yeah. But Corey's a good boy, so he comes back. And then Mr. Feeney's finally, like, starts talking to him. And Corey's like, this is stupid. Why am I in detention? Romeo and Juliet doesn't matter. You don't believe in love because you were depressed yesterday when <laughs> your your date got canceled and mr feeney's like how did you know that and Corey's like i was watching you through my window and i know that you were all alone and sad so clearly love is not important and why are you making us read romeo and juliet it's stupid 
And then Mr. Feeney's like, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm going to teach you a lesson about how romance and love and the love between a man and a woman is so important because once upon a time, your mom and your dad fell in love and fucked. And that's why <laughs> he did not say fucked. <laughs> Let's not say fucked when we're talking about this kid's show. He did not say that. But the literal... His lesson to Corey about why he should care about Romeo and Juliet is if your parents didn't fall in love, you wouldn't exist. Therefore, love is the most important thing to learn about. Okay, but the way you just said that was better than what you said the first time. But that's his message. If you if your parents didn't want to do, do birds and the bees, you wouldn't exist. Is, is Mr. Feeney's, this is why Romeo and Juliet is important. And Corey's like, cool. And Mr. Feeney's like, okay, you can leave now. And then it's not entirely clear if he does go to the baseball game after that, because we don't see him go to the baseball game, and he doesn't talk about going to the baseball game, but he does talk to Eric later about the results of the baseball game, but he could have just, like, heard it on the radio. So I'm not entirely sure what happened with the baseball game, <laughs> but because that wasn't important. It wasn't about the baseball game. It was about if his brother still loves him or not. <laughs> exactly. So Corey may or may not have gone to the baseball game after that. But then the next scene is Corey going back home and he's like decided to move back in from the treehouse and he like walks past his little sister. He's like, don't tell anyone I'm back, which like they were going to notice at some point. <laughs> I don't really know what you're trying to avoid here. <laughs> but he's like, no, it's a secret that I'm moving back in. Um, but she doesn't keep it a secret. She shouts that he's back and his dad comes over and his dad's like, oh, welcome back, son. I love you. And he hugs him. And then Corey goes up to his room and Eric comes home and Eric is all sad because he had a bad date. He's like, she was great, but I was an awkward mess. I dropped things. I didn't know what to say to her. I was terrible. And he's all sad that he was bad at his date. <laughs> it's kind of cute, like very vulnerable him being like, no, it was bad because I was bad. <laughs> it's so cute. He's like, I had a fantastic date. She, however, did not. Yeah, like, I know. I was like, that's actually kind of wholesome. Eric was actually surprisingly wholesome. I thought Eric was going to be like the asshole brother, but he was actually like, at least in the <laughs> pilot, like very sweet. And like, also like very good friends with his little brother. Like at no point in the episode mm-hmm. is he like, oh, my annoying little brother. Like he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not taking you to the baseball game. But even that, he was like nice about it. Yeah. He's the sweet, he's the sweetie. And then Corey is like, no, no, no. Here's the phone. Call Heather. Like, you're so sad right now. And I know <laughs> that you're cool. You're my cool older brother. So you got to call her up and prove to her that you're cool. And like, maybe ask her to a movie because then if you don't say anything, it's okay. <laughs> Eric is like, why Why do you want me to call her? Like, I thought you didn't want me to go on a date with her. And Corey's like, I've been told love is worth it. <laughs> My teacher said that I wouldn't exist without love, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Wild message, but I get, the, I get the idea. The next scene is Corey goes to his little sister. There's, all, there's been like a little theme in this episode that his sister keeps trying to like play with him or whatever. And he keeps being like, no, you're just my little baby sister. You're lame. But then at the end, he's like, I've matured now. So I'm going to have tea with my little sister. And they're like playing, like having a tea party. And then his mom's like, time to go to bed. And Corey's like, no, mom, I'll put my little sister to bed. We can keep playing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I've learned to appreciate my sister. Um, and then that's the last scene. Then there's the credit or like, that's the end. But then there's like a, a cut. And then there's like a post. No, I don't think the whole credit's played. But there was like a scene. There was like a... Like a yeah, it's a scene, like, during the credits. Yeah, little credit scene. So the little credit scene is Mr. Feeney inviting Evelyn to his house for dinner, being like, hey, would you want to have dinner? And then he's like, yeah, last night I made a really, or the other night I made a really good salad, but, and my sister was going to come over, but she had to cancel. And then Corey's like, what? And Mr. Feeney's <laughs> like, yeah, are you confused now? And, like, I guess implying that, like, Corey thought Mr. Feeney got held up or, like, got stood up for a date, and then Mr. Mm. Feeney used that against Corey to, like, teach Corey the lesson about love, but then it wasn't really a date, it was his sister. <laughs> but it was yeah. just kind of weird. It was him just being like, yeah, Corey, are you confused about my sister? <laughs> I was like, what? But anyways, it's the last scene. And Mr. Feeney and Evelyn are gonna have a date, I guess. Because love is worth it. Because that means you make babies. <laughs> 
It's very funny because I don't feel like Boy Meets World is that heavy-handed of an after-school special, but listening to you describe it, it felt very heavy-handed. I mean, like, it's pilot, so I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt that it's not always this heavy-handed. And there, like, genuinely were bits that were funny and good. Like, it didn't just feel like, this is always a lesson. But, like, there was very clear lessons happening. Yeah. But the weirdest... I think, like, the two lessons in this episode were, like, just because you're growing up and moving on doesn't mean you don't care about your family and your friends and whatever. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. The other lesson being, love (laughs) is important because that's how you make babies? (laughs) That was a little confusing. I wasn't exactly sure what they were trying to teach with this lesson. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways, yeah, what did you think of Boy Meets World? I mean, it was cheesy. It was 90s. It was very much an after-school special. There were bits that I thought that I did, like, I thought were funny, and I did actually like the characters and stuff more than I thought I would. Like I said, Corey was actually quite funny. His mom I actually liked a lot. His brother I actually liked a lot. So, like, I actually, I think I liked it more than I thought I would for what it is. That's fair. And I do think season, like, the earlier seasons are much more after-school special than the end of the show is, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, there's still lessons, there's still, like, things going on, but the show grows up in a very interesting way. And that's cool. Do you think you would watch more of this? Probably not. And if I did, (laughs) it would be very casually catching an episode, and I don't care about spoilers, so... Yeah, well, it's hard to have spoilers for Boy Meets World. Fair, fair. But yeah, I don't think I would actively seek out more episodes, but like I said, when I watched a few episodes here and there with my brother, I didn't dislike it, so like, I would, if someone was watching it, I would catch it, but I, I don't think I would seek it out. That's fair. It's a very, like, casually watching show. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you this, but it's a hard thing to predict, but what do you think... Or not a hard thing to predict. Kind of depends on where you sit. What do you think happens in this show? I mean, I know that, like, it continues on through high school and into college. I think there continues to be, you know, the lesson of the week, the whatever Mm -hmm. stuff about family things, school things, relationship things, what you'd expect. Um, I do know that there's a character named Topanga who shows up, I guess, later this season. I know that she and Corey are, like, love interests. That's the... She's the love interest. And then I think they have, like, an on-again, off-again thing for the whole show. Like, sometimes they're dating and sometimes they're not, and their relationship is, like, a thing. Yeah. I know Sean is, like, his best friend, and he's in it a lot. I don't really know what Sean's story is. He probably also has various love interests, and then maybe he has, like, one particular love interest later... I don't know. I'm sure, like, Eric probably, like, maybe Eric leaves for college, and then Corey's like, oh, no, my brother's gone, and he's sad. There's probably something about that. Or maybe Eric doesn't go to college, and he becomes, like, a construction worker or something. (laughs) I was like, where are we going with here? What what words are we going to use? I was like, what is the job you do out of high school that you don't go to college for? I feel like it's just kind of like, it continues to be an after-school special, but it goes from being about sixth grade to being about high school to being about college, and they have various issues, but probably never anything super like, this is an episode about abortion, this is an episode about the suicide prevention, like, I feel like it's not that edgy, it's more like, wholesome, family-friendly kind of lessons. I mean, that's fairly accurate, it's a it's a pretty slice-of-life show. Mm-hmm. Calling Corey and Topanga on again, off again feels wrong to me, but you're not wrong that they are together and then not together. It just feels more long-term than that phrase Mm -hmm. implies. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's an episode about abortion, but this show does get kind of dark sometimes. Oh, interesting. There's an episode where Sean, like, joins a cult. (laughs) Okay. Which seems wild, but it's very much just about, like, this is what cults do. These are the people who are vulnerable to cults, like... Interesting. But it's, like, literally a life lesson about, like, what to do if your friend joins a cult. It's actually one of my favorite episodes, and it makes me cry constantly. It's, like, dark. The show is dark. 
sometimes. It's not like dark, dark, but it definitely yeah. goes places you wouldn't expect. Interesting. There's an episode when they're in university about like one of the professors like hits on Topanga and like her feeling really uncomfortable about that. Mm-hmm. And like he doesn't actually like assault her, but it is mm-hmm. very much an episode about like people in positions of power can use that power in bad ways, which I feel like is on the quote-unquote edgier side of mm-hmm, what you would mm-hmm. expect from this show. So there are a couple show episodes like that. When Corey's, like, youngest brother gets born in season six, they do a whole thing where they try to convince you the baby died, and it's it's the worst thing. The way they, like, shoot it is so bad. Like, it's... The whole thing is, like, he's in the ICU and everyone's really worried and, like, that's the whole episode. And then at the end of the episode, you see, like, an empty crib in the ICU with his name on it and they pull off the tag and they very slowly pan to, like, the parents at the window, like, talking and you don't see the baby for a bit, and it's like, what the fuck is happening? And then they show the baby safe in her arms, and it's like, why did you shoot this this way? Why did you try to convince us the baby was dead? Season six, in general, is, like, so depressing. Oh, no! That's, like, the only main thing I remember about season six, but I remember every time I watch this show, season six is the episode where, like, the show just becomes a tearjerker. Oh, no! Sean's storyline, Sean very much is Corey's foil. Like, Mm -hmm. Corey has this happy home life. He has this girlfriend that he's had since high school that obviously they're going to end up together, blah, blah, blah. Sean's home life, not so much. Sean lives in a trailer park. His dad's an alcoholic. Uh, His mom just, like, straight up leaves. (laughs) Like, leaves the family. Um, It's... It hurts, my poor boy, my precious boy. There's a point in time where Sean is, like, living with one of their teachers. One of their teachers takes him in because he was homeless. Like, Oh, jeez. Sean has a rough, rough little childhood. I love the boy to death. And his love interest, Angela, is amazing. But him and Angela's relationship, again, is very much a foil to, like, Corey and Topanga. Like, Corey and Topanga are the high school sweethearts who, like, end up together and everyone knows they're going to end up together and they're soulmates, whereas Mm -hmm. Sean and Angela have, like, a more tumultuous relationship and, like, yes, they love each other and they care about each other, but it's, that's not, like, the only thing a relationship needs to work. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. That's interesting. Yeah. My precious boy. Precious Sean. Precious Sean. He didn't Sean. do much in this episode, but he seemed nice. He's a good boy. Oh, also, in the intro, there was a character mm-hmm. in the intro who I don't think was in this episode, who was like a blonde boy with glasses, who kind of looks like a nerd. Yeah. Is he an important character? Yes. I am blanking on his name. What the fuck is his name? Minkus. Minkus is like they're the nerdy kid. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's not really their friend. Like, they're not really bullies to him, but also they're not that nice to him. He's just, like, the dirty kid. Minkus is around. I feel like Minkus is very important in season one and then, like, does not show up very much again. There's a thing when they're graduating high school where they see Minkus and they're like, Minkus, why haven't we seen you in years? (laughs) It's funny, actually. Yeah, it's good. Minkus. What a name. 90 shows always have to have at least one character with an insane name. I feel like it's his last name. I feel like his name is Stuart mm. Minkus. Okay, that's not as weird then. <laughs> Although, in... Because the show is a spinoff show that came out a few years ago called Girl Meets mm-hmm. World. Mm-hmm. That's about uh, Corinne Topanga's daughter. Right. I did know that that show existed too, yeah. Yeah, and Minkus's kid in that is named Farkle, which means his name is Farkle Minkus, which is bad. <laughs> that is a terrible name. Stuart Minkus is like, that's fine. Stuart's a normal name and you can't really choose your last name. But why would you name your child Farkle? <laughs> Farkle. Or Farkle Minkus. So that's Boy Meets World. It does mm-hmm. some shit. And <laughs> I think it ends with them all moving to New York City, which I don't remember the reason for. I think maybe Topanga gets a job in New York. And then Sean just comes too. Yeah, Sean just comes. Just move wherever your friends are moving. 
Okay, do you want to guess who my favorite character is? Uh, is it Sean? Yeah, it's my boy Sean. <laughs> I got the vibe. I love Sean. Sean was a big childhood crush of mine, too. There's a lot of nostalgia around Sean, because Sean is very much, like, the, like, bad boy of the show, except he's not. He's, like, bad boy vibes, but a very sweet person. (laughs) Which is kind of the ideal bad boy. You want the vibes, but you don't want the bad person. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's, He's very cute. Who do you think my favorite relationship is in this show? Is it Sean and Angela? It's actually not. Is it Corey and Topanga? It is. Sean and Angela is a good guess because I am usually more drawn to the people who aren't, like, the soulmate couple of the show. Mm -hmm. Sean and Angela are very, very good. Disney got some flack in Girl Meets World for not having Sean and Angela end up together. Mm-hmm. Which I have mixed feelings on, because on one hand, like, the entire arc of Sean and Angela's relationship is very much, like, they care for each other and they love each other, but it's not, like, there are factors that aren't going to work out. hmm But a lot of people watching this, and I didn't see any of these parts, so I can't really comment on it, mm-hmm. um, really had a problem with the fact that Angela is black and Sean's new love interest wasn't, and they felt like Disney was being kind of racist by saying, like, no, Sean's not going back to Angela, he's going to be with this new white lady, which, Mm. fair enough, Disney is not the best at that. Very likely a factor. They could have done their casting better if they more just wanted to tell the story Mm -hmm. of Sean and Angela don't really work out. Mm -hmm. Um, But Sean and Angela are very cute. Corey and Topanga, though are everything to me. They're each other's first kiss. They're very cute. They date. They they are pretty on and off. One thing I do really like about Cory and Topanga is, like, the main issue with high school sweethearts, both in TV and in real life, is just that, like, they haven't been in another relationship. Like, mm-hmm. they don't have anything to compare it to. So no matter mm-hmm. how, like, solid and great they think it is, they actually just, like, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boy Meets World has this really fantastic arc where Cory meets, like, another girl while he's with Topanga and has feelings, and he talks it out with her because they're dating, mm-hmm. and she's like, well, I think that's something, like, that you should explore. If you feel that you need to explore that, then I'm okay with you doing that. Mm-hmm. And he ends up, like, going on a date with this girl, and then they have this weird jelly bean scene with Sean, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this little scene where he, Corey's like, I'm so confused. And Sean's like, okay, well, who do you want to spend time with? And he, Corey's like, well, both of them. And Sean just goes through all of these questions and they're even. And Sean's like, well, that's it. You can't live without either of them. And Corey's like, no, I can't live without Topanga. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what does that have to do with jelly beans? <laughs> Oh, he's just, like, weighing jelly beans on, like, a scale. Like, he has one of those, um... Mm. Yeah, you know, the two-sided scales. I don't know why he has it. Yes. It's just in his kitchen. Guess to weigh things in the kitchen? I guess, yeah. But it seems like a weird thing to have. But maybe in that time period you didn't have the other the little scales we have now, so... But, Whatever. But also... But the point of those is to make measure if two things weigh the same. <laughs> Why would you need to do that in a kitchen? What if you bought it for your kitchen and it came with, like, little weights? So it's like, Maybe. I need 100 grams of flour, so you put 100 grams on one side and you start. That seems so inaccurate, but whatever. But he had it so that he could do this jelly bean scene. <laughs> Probably. It's in his weird apartment that he shares with, like, his half-brother, so... <laughs> A lot goes on in Boy Meets World. It's a weird <laughs> show. But they have that, and, like, they have the whole thing where Corey's like, yeah, Sean Topanga, you guys clearly have chemistry. Why don't you two hook up? And Sean and Topanga are like, what? <laughs> Sean and Topanga are like, we're best friends. Certainly if we had chemistry and we wanted to hook up, we would have known that by now. Like, we've known each other since sixth grade. It's university. I feel like we would have figured that out. <laughs> Corey's just trying to play out some sort of fantasy he has about his best friends. Uh, yeah. 
Speaking of, canon queers. Are there any? No. Oh. Yeah, I was like, I didn't think so. Are there any in Girl Meets World? Girl Meets World does have a queer character named Elliot who is gay. I don't know if anything happens through that. <laughs> Honestly, it's a shame it wasn't just ma'am, Riley are in love. <laughs> is that the is that Sean's daughter and Corey's daughter? Yeah. Or yeah, I guess Riley has to be Sean's daughter. But is she Sean's daughter? I don't feel like Sean is married. She can't be Sean's daughter. I think she's just Maya's best friend. Mm. I don't know. I've seen very little of that show. <laughs> I didn't have the same nostalgia for me, so I couldn't yeah. get through the, like, after-school specialiness of it. That's very fair. <laughs> but, yeah, there aren't queer characters. Boy Meets World does have very close male friendships, which for me mm-hmm. aren't shippy, but there are people who ship, like, Sean and Corey, because Sean and Corey mm-hmm. are super... Just, like, so close, and it's so mm-hmm. cute. But, like, it's almost like that thing where, where like, when the guys are comfortable with it, it's less suspicious. Like, the problem mm-hmm. with the way Dean's portrayed in Supernatural is that anytime anyone accuses Dean of being gay, he's immediately incredibly defensive. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Sean and Corey are like, yep, he's my soulmate. I'm in love with him. I don't give a fuck. There's a mm-hmm. whole thing where, like, Sean's girlfriend won't let him and Corey talk, and they, like, sneak around like they're having an affair behind her back. It's beautiful. They're besties. <laughs> they're best friends. They're very cute. And then there's, um, what's his face? What is his brother's name? I completely blanked. Eric? Eric. Uh, Eric and Jack. Jack is Sean's half-brother, who we meet mm-hmm. in, like, season five or something. Mm-hmm. Not important. He comes out of the woodwork. He's just there. He's a half-brother. And he's rich, which is wild. (laughs) Good for Sean, though. Yeah, it's good for Sean. Jack and Eric have probably even more of a romantic relationship. (laughs) Just from the fact that, like, they haven't known each other as long. And Mm -hmm. they're just, like, wildly close and so weird about it. And just... Just wild, wild like people. It's like one thing to be like, we've been best friends since this great, and we're just best friends, and whatever. And like, we've met recently, but we're like, this tight is a different vibe. There are people who, like, certainly I've met people in my life that I've instantly clicked with, and they're mm-hmm. like, instantly my best friend, 100%. Mm-hmm. But like, from a filming perspective, mm-hmm. I, I still don't really ship it, but it's funnier to me to ship Eric mm-hmm. and Jack because they're weird and i've watched some <laughs> shipping videos with them and it's like yeah that wasn't the straightest thing that's ever happened on screen <laughs> nice wait yeah. does does eric go to university or does he become a construction worker the two life paths the only two life paths uh he does go to university he does take a year off though and he's like mm-hmm. i don't know if i'll go to university and then there's this weird episode that I feel like doesn't age very well where he's, like, talking to a quote-unquote townie, which is, like, kind of the word small towns use for people who don't leave for university and mm-hmm. they just hang out in town forever, which is kind of rude. Yeah. Um, And he's, like, dating this girl and he realizes, like, he doesn't want the townie life, so then he applies mm. to university and I'm like... I guess it's good that he realizes this isn't what he wants in life, but it was maybe a little judgmental on her. <laughs> She's just living her life. Yeah. Also, to be clear, when I said, like, does he go to university or does he just, like, become a construction worker? I'm, I'm, I don't think in real life there's anything wrong with not going to university. <laughs> I just felt like in a show like this, the, the story is, is going to be either, like, he yeah. goes to university or, like, why didn't he go to university? <laughs> A hundred percent, yeah, for sure. And Eric is Mm -hmm. kind of one of those characters in the same vein as Joey from Friends, where the longer the show goes on, the worse his characterization gets. Mm. (laughs) And his main trait ends up him being, he's, like, just dumb. And it's like, Eric is a very, like, nice, cool guy in the early seasons, and he's mm-hmm. funny, and he's a bit of a ladies' man, but also, like, really not. hmm Yeah, this whole episode was him being like, I was actually so bad at this date. 
He's so funny. And he has a best friend for a while in um, high school who's a different guy who's very funny. I like that guy. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about it before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's Had cute. fun watching it. Okay. Very 90s. I loved the outfits. The I was uh, the outfits were so nineties. At the end, Corey's wearing like a massive pink T-shirt that's like five sizes too big for him, <laughs> and tiny rainbow shorts. And I was like, yeah. "This is an amazing look." One of the things in the commentary is they're like, "Why are we wearing so many hoods? Why are there so many layers of clothing? Did we have like a deal with someone to buy things that only had dinosaurs on them? I don't understand what's happening." It's just like there's one scene where like every person in the scene is wearing a vest. Like Corey's wearing a vest over his t-shirt. His mom is wearing a vest over her shirt. Like yeah. this, this is the vest era, apparently. Vests were big in the 90s, weren't they? Yeah, it was great. It was great. I loved it. I was like, I I, I love these outfits. I want to dress like a, a sixth grade boy in the 90s. You very easily could. That's not a hard yeah. goal. No, it's pretty easy to do. <laughs> well, now that we know what your new style is going to be, mm-hmm. do you want to tell me what we're going to watch next time? Yes. You have a choice. Do you want to watch a show about demons or a show about ghosts. Ghosts. Okay. We're going to watch a show that is based on the movie Ghostbusters. And it's a show <laughs> from, I think, the 90s. And it's called Extreme Ghostbusters. That's very and cute. I love this show. It's going to be great. Okay. I'm glad to have little ghosts. Yes. Well, thank you guys for listening to our Boy Meets World episode. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Epiphanies Pod. You can use the hashtag Epiphanies Pod or Episode Epiphanies. You can email us at episodeepiphanies at gmail.com and tell us your thoughts. You can leave us a review on iTunes. And if you do, I will pull a random episode of Boy Meets World and tell you the life lesson that is in that episode and it will be completely at random so it might just be like, don't join cults. Or, you should fall in love because that's how you make babies. Or, um, if you're 14, you probably shouldn't be sneaking girls into your house while your parents are away. All valuable life lessons that you will learn if you leave us a review. Because there's no possible way to watch this show. It's definitely not on Disney+. Plus. No, you have to have us tell you in the review section of iTunes what the lessons are. Yep. So, <laughs> if you want to learn a life lesson, leave us a review. Yeah. That's good. But you probably already know all of these life lessons, yep. dear listener, because you are smarter than both of us combined. It's true. Bye.